So some of you watch my videos and quite frankly, you hate me. Some are envious, some think I show off or brag way too much. And quite frankly, if you've only seen one or two of my videos in the past, I don't blame you. But I think that all the feelings that you are feeling stem from the fact that you think we're different. And quite frankly, we're not. You know, something like the Good Life Eatery, that's like 15 pounds. I can't pay 15 pounds for that at this point. That's not something I can afford. I am you, you are me. We are no different, except for some of you, you might be the version of me six years ago. The version of me that was the 16 year old scared kid who just wanted to take care of him and his single mom. All I ever wanted to do back at that age was just take me and my mom out of the dark, depressing hole that we were in. Now, what you're about to see is a true rags to riches story documented year by year. And I guarantee that most of you won't take the time to watch this full video. But for those of you that do, your life is going to change forever. Because after watching this video, changing the financial trajectory for you and your family won't seem like this daunting task. You'll realize that all you have to do is follow the steps that I took, which was blindly put one foot forward in front of the other every single day for years. And then half a decade later, look back and think, wow, what have I just accomplished? So ladies and gentlemen, this video is going to be extremely long, raw and uncut. You're about to see my five year journey running a social media marketing agency and going from broke to multi-millionaire at 21. And as I said to you before, I think this video is really gonna be an eye-opener for a lot of people because you're gonna be able to see me at the age of 16 and go, if this young little kid who is so meek and shy and quite clearly not really fully quite confident in himself or his abilities, if he can just put one foot forward in front of the other and just trust that it will lead him somewhere, then maybe you can too. So let's kick it off in 2016. 2016 was the year that I first started my agency, except at the time I had no idea that I was starting an agency. For me, I was just providing services to clients in return for money and a monthly fee at that. And you know, quite honestly, a lot of times business people make it seem that like, you know, they had this perfect plan and this perfect execution at the time it all made sense. Ladies and gentlemen, back then, I was just going with the flow, if I'm just being really honest with you. And the thing you'll notice about these clips in 2016 is that a lot of it doesn't have to do with the business necessarily. A lot of it has to do with just me developing as a person, me building those healthy habits and me setting myself up that like, I'm going to make sure I'm doing the things that I know I should be doing, reading, meditating, and just making sure that when I'm there at the right time in the right place, I can actually seize an opportunity when it presents itself. And boy, in 2016, did an opportunity present itself. So now what I wanna do is I wanna take this, I wanna share my journey. If that inspires and that motivates people along the way, I've, I've accomplished my goal. One of my main problems is looking so far ahead that I don't take time to stop and think about how far I've come. At the end of the day, I am proud of what I achieve daily, but sometimes you just get so caught up in the bigger picture, you get caught up in this person who's doing this more than you, you get this person who's uh, done this that you haven't done. Be proud of where you are and keep moving forward, but don't forget what you've already accomplished and achieved. So I'm close with my coach uh, and um, I'm not playing football for them next year just because I seriously have no time, but um, we got in contact with the owner. Um, so the owner, the coach and I had a conference call while I was in America about me possibly running their social media. Um, so 
that's confirmed right now. Uh, I'm gonna be taking over their Instagram, uh, help grow their Instagram for them and uh, do posts for them. As you saw in today's video, I'm now getting paid to run a really big clubs. You know, the, there's a lot of revenue there. They make quite a bit of money a year. It's It really is a serious business and I'm getting paid a good amount of money to run their branding, their marketing, uh, will run their social media and brand them in the proper way. As I said, uh, if you saw last videos, uh, last video, um, I have experience with social media. Instagram, I used to flip accounts, um, I used to rebrand accounts. What I want to talk to you quickly about is enjoying the process. Now, you're not going to find happiness from when you get that first 1,000 subscribers or when you make that first million. Maybe in my case, it's not first million, but when you make a thousand in a month, what you are gonna find enjoyment from is the tedious sort of stuff, you know, making channel art or talking to clients. It's the little sort of things and it's literally about enjoying the process. And if you can find a way to do that, then maybe you're doing the wrong thing. I have my goals. One of them is to read 52 books, one book a week. Um, and yeah, just continue absorbing knowledge and you know go, going through books and the way I could only describe it is like mining for gold and that's really what I'm doing I'm trying to get the info and extract it and then have it saved in my mind and then apply it when I came back to London I really got serious and I looked at what goals I wanted to accomplish one of them was to make 15,000 um, you know just make 15,000 that doesn't mean have 15,000 in my bank account at the end of the year or whatever make 15,000 pounds in a year's time. I set that goal on the 19th, 11 days ago, and since then, I've made 514 pounds and 89 pence. So 11 days, 515 pounds. I'm on track, that is 1 30th of the way there um, in 11 days, so hopefully I can keep it up. So, four times a week, I am bringing in food myself because if I go off campus, my options are Pret-a-Manger, McDonald's, Subway. Even if I try to Uber Eats for delivery to my school, you know, something like the Good Life Eatery, that's like 15 pounds. So a place like the Good Life Eatery, the micronutrients, the nutritional content is really good, but I can't pay 15 pounds for that. Maybe not now, maybe, who knows, in a year. <laughs> At this point, that's not something I can afford. So 2016 was an insane year, obviously signing my first agency client and I was too scared to charge monthly. I thought weekly sounded cheaper and I didn't want to charge a hundred pounds a week. So I actually ended up charging 95 pounds a week. So that was 380 pounds a month. And for that, I had to shoot and edit and post 30 unique Instagram posts a month, 30 unique Facebook posts a month, as well as four YouTube videos a month. So by the time everything was said and done, I was basically earning minimum wage. But let me tell you something, that did not matter to me in the slightest. I was going out there, I was getting meetings with clients, I was getting rejected a lot because I was doing everything that I tell people these days, avoid, don't do. You know, things like having long proposals, not actually getting to the point in the conversation, you know. Back then in 2016, having a lot of in-person meetings, which is a big no-go, I was basically doing everything wrong and for the second half of 2016 after I signed that first client I had no luck I signed zero more clients but quite frankly it didn't matter to me I was having the time of my life I was on top of the world I was stepping into the man that I knew I could be and that ladies and gentlemen 
takes us into 2017, which was the most life-changing year of my life. You end up feeling quite lonely from that, and it's something I had to deal with for quite a while. But look, that's fine. Honestly, I would rather be alone with my own thoughts than with people who are negative, berate what I'm trying to do in my life, because at the end of the day, those people are just scared that you're gonna rise up and find no use from them anymore. Don't get angry at people when they throw negativity, throw hate your way, because at the end of the day, they're just scared that you're gonna develop so much that you find no use for them anymore. I've seen that time and time again in my life. So guys, there's this little company, you might have heard of them, they're called Bang & Olufsen. I'm so, so excited. Basically, Bob, who's kind of like my business mentor and whatnot, he's based out in Holland, and he has some connections with them, and they just actually opened a store in Amsterdam. It's pretty new from what I understand, and that's like pretty much the main reason why I'm going to Holland in like a month. I'm shooting a video for Bang & Olufsen and their Amsterdam store, which is super, super exciting. Look, how do you stay composed when you're a 17-year-old high school dropout and you are in a boardroom meeting with a company with millions of seed capital, when you are networking with a multimillionaire, when you're networking with an influencer who has 500,000, a million followers? Like, how do you stay calm? How do you, how do you know your own self-worth when you're right at the bottom? The number one thing I can say is don't qualify yourself. Now let me explain what I mean by this. You know when you think someone's so much further or higher above you, you, um, you try and say all these things so they see your own self-worth, so you'll talk about this accolade or maybe how much, you made, how much money you made here or you know, how well you did in this endeavor. You really try to like big yourself up. Trust me, that, that is the worst thing you can do. These people are playing at such a high level, they can see right through that shit. Best thing you can do is don't qualify yourself. Look, as I said, these people are playing at such a high level, the sort of conversations they're having with other people, you know, who aren't in their circle, who aren't at like an elite level is, you know, it's, it's people just trying to like convey their value to them and they won't even take the time to listen to the person. They're so interested in, in how do I show, you know, this guy or girl, how do I show them that I'm worthy of being here? And all that conveys to them is they know they're down here and they're trying to bring themselves up here. You act like you're here from the get-go, it's a lot better of a dynamic to start the uh, start the meeting off in that way, start the conversation off in that way. Because as I said, they're look, they're playing at a high level. They've seen it all. They cut straight through that BS. Now, once I've woken up, I've gone to the gym, steam room, sauna, and I come back home. I meditate. Then I read like 30 pages to 50 pages of a book, depending on um, whatever it takes to read a book a week that week. So as I said, I've gone to the gym, meditated read then from the notes i've written last night i look at what i have to do which is on evernote so after waking up at around 8 i'll be at this desk at around 10 30 ready to work but let me take you back exactly a year ago i was actually sitting in the room right behind me with my mom and i made her the promise that i would take her to paris so when i made this promise to her it wasn't so much a promise it was more an aspiration or a dream and fast forward a year here we are and I get to make good on my promise. And now, luckily, I'm in a position where I get to take care of the people around me. I get to make sure that they're happy and they get the opportunities that I want them to have. And the reason I tell you this story is because when you're going through all these long nights, all these tough days, and things don't seem like they're working, if you make it all about you, 
you will inevitably quit. Whereas if you make it about something bigger than you, or another human being, it gives you this will and this, just this extra energy because you know that you're either gonna disappoint or make someone proud. Story done, now I actually have to get to packing, just ran a couple more ads for some clients. Uh, this just came in the mail, Funnel Hacker, Black Box, Russell Brunson, there's a few resources in there, so I might take that with me, as well as Perennial Seller, Ryan Holiday. I think these are my uh, reading materials for the next few days. I've actually lost around 40% of total revenue from my marketing agency. And look, some of that lost revenue wasn't in my control, but some of it was. And some of it was because I got so numb to what brought me to success in the first place, which is constantly being a student, constantly keeping my ego intact, not staying comfortable, constantly learning. And as I say, keeping myself as a student, that, that is what brought me success in the first place. But the problem with comfort is it breeds complacency. Because as I said, when you think you have everything that you need even want then you've hit the glass ceiling there's nowhere left to go now this trip hasn't gone completely to plan I had to cancel all of my first week's meetings but now at least I have this week and I can be grateful for that and once again these meetings aren't to inquire or anything like that these meetings are to sign the dotted line and for them to get started as clients of mine so business is booming liver on so here we go my first employee stays with me for a week and then he basically decides you you have no idea what the fuck you're doing i'm out of here obviously that's not the exact reason um his heart wasn't really in it it wasn't sort of the work he wanted to do but you get my point so you know he goes back to america i lose 50 percent of my total revenue my apartment that falls through because now i have to put all my money and focus back into rebuilding the business that was early june then in august i lose 50 percent of my clients now if any of you guys haven't been in business long enough August is just like no matter what industry you're in August is just a shit month I end up losing 50% of my clients and once again I take full responsibility for that because I would say that I got complacent I got complacent I didn't stay on the cutting edge of things and for that reason a few of my clients actually dropped me and I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to admit my fault there you know I had just been getting into entrepreneurship for I'd been in it for like four or five months sort of properly and in April I made five thousand one, I don't know if you can see that, 5,100 pounds after tax. Um, so that's roughly $6,500 after tax, that is. Um, and yeah, so uh, that was kind of like my starting point. And that was only six months ago. And then to get to where I am now. But one thing that I wrote down, which was quite interesting, is I actually wrote down that my ideal lifestyle would cost me like I'm talking like financial abundance here, would cost me, let's like pull this up, I'm trying to do this one-handed. Um, roughly, okay, so it cost me 18,500 pounds. I don't know how well you can see that. Uh, 18,500 pounds is uh, how much like my ideal, ideal, like financial freedom, financial abundance would cost me. Um, and I wrote that six months ago and I thought, hey shit, like in two, three years I'll get there. And uh, I made this actually much more than this last month. So six months later. Um, and that's kind of an amazing feeling. So, after 14 years, it's time to move, I guess. First of all, I could never have imagined this a year ago. If I could only tell you guys the amount of pain and hardship that I went through to get here, uh, and how hard I had to fight for my own place, um, you know, I know people feel like a lot of people have excuses for themselves and you know what like 
maybe, as I said, like maybe your parents weren't great to you, or you know what, maybe you do live in a country where it's a bit harder, or like all of this stuff. Like, like I trust me, I, I know what that feels like. You know, even to get this place, I'm 17 years old. Like, there were so many loopholes that I had to go through. I came from a, a not so good place. Um, whether that was uh, certain fa family things that went on, whether that was certain financial burdens at a young age, uh, hanging around people that weren't that great for me. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm happy, you know, because this is my journey, this is my story, and I, I uh, managed, to, uh, managed to make one of my little dreams come true, which was have a place in myself have a place that I could call home and that was a peaceful and just was a ha was a happy place for me. So this is this is hopefully going to be my my happy place guys and um, I'm going to share every single step of the journey with you. So obviously in preparation for this video I watched back um, I watched back over some of the clips and 2017 out of every single year is the only year that gets me emotional because I cannot tell you what 2017 meant for me, meant for my mom, meant for my my peace, and meant for me when it came to my destiny. Like, I will never forget that year. And of course, the agency was the thing that let me accomplish all that. I managed to hit $25,000 months with the agency. And honestly, that was the best period of my entire life. That was the, the time of my life I felt the richest. And I always tell people, and this is coming from experience, it's not your first million, or in my case, I can even speak from experience, not even your first 10 million or once again I can also speak from experience it's not even once you've made tens of millions that first hundred thousand it does something for you that is unexplainable and the funny thing is I was hitting $25,000 a month while I was doing everything wrong like I had a content creation agency and we were also offering some services on the side which is a big no-go I had no niche I was doing everything myself. You know, I tried to hire an employee in the summer of 2017. They basically flew over all the way from America, lasted three days, realized that, hey, this isn't really a creative role. Like, you know, we're actually doing deliverables for clients on a consistent monthly basis. And it wasn't a very like fun role. And they were basically just like, all right, cool. I'm out, this is too boring. So I was just doing everything wrong from, as I said, doing everything myself to no niche, to you know, not auto billing clients, not having clients cards on file. So that way it's an automatic subscription every month. Just so many mistakes. And at the end of 2017, even though I had made good money, I was very happy with myself. I still felt immature, I felt young. I felt like my clients didn't necessarily respect me in the way that I, I would have wanted to be respected as a business owner. And that was really the focus for 2018. I just remember just instances where I, <laughs> I just, I felt so helpless. You know, if I don't take care of my family, even though it's just me and my mom, no one is. You know, and to this day, that's the case. And entrepreneurship was my way out. You know, entrepreneurship was my way out. Business was my way out. You know, and I remember even things like meditating. I started meditating three years ago. I started reading a book a week, which I actually recently stopped. Uh, but I, I read a book a week almost almost like 90 percent track record for whatever like three years or so okay perfect um okay so just to confirm that's the yeah. that's the rolex 41 millimeter the date just steel and yellow gold steel and yellow on a jubilee place that we can do that for you if that's what you want great thank you so much i'll see you in thank around you an hour bye-bye bye-bye see you then bye-bye Alright guys, so after calling around four different Rolex places, uh, they finally found 
the one that I have with the exact specifications that I want. Guys, today is the day where um, I finally buy my Rolex. I've been wanting this forever and ever and ever, and to be able to buy it, you know, with completely my own money at the age of 18, this is gonna be a proud moment for me. So uh, yeah, guys, this is my, as I said, uh, $15,000 Rolex. Um, hopefully that, you know, that inspires a couple of you, you know, to be, to be frank, in 2016, I set my goal for 2017 as making a $15,000 profit for the entire like last year, you know, and obviously I blew through that to, so to be able to get a watch for that price, um, as I said, guys, it's, it's, it's always just been a dream of mine. And you know, you imagine yourself, like when you imagine, you have a vision of yourself and you imagine yourself and you imagine what you look like from like 10, 11, 12, no, probably like even eight, seven, nine. I have imagined myself and I imagine myself with a Rolex. Like it's always just been a dream of mine. Guys, today I'm off to Hamburg and uh, I'm there to see a client. So I'm training their team for two days. They have two companies actually. One which is an agency, got a squat down. Second, which is a financial services like software, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're a client of mine. So flying out there to train their team and work on this new funnel. Um, so guys, we are on halfway through here with the rest of the team. Say hi guys. Hi guys. <laughs> and um, Thorsten's in another room just uh, creating a couple slides for a video. Social media marketing, it brings so many opportunities. When I make 20, 25,000 a month from social media marketing, that's mine. That's profit. You know, that isn't my me around with you guys with my revenue, which I only actually make 25% or 20% profit margin on, that is my money to keep, right? That's my money to keep. Yes, I have certain things that I outsource for, but once again, that's just because I don't want to do it myself. If I wanted to, I could do it myself, work a little bit extra time, but keep 100% profit margin basically. It doesn't start like this. It starts with done for you, right? A year ago, I was doing just social media distribution and growth. Right. And I was making five, 6,000 a month just by doing social media distribution and growth and a bit of content. Right. And then you move into higher levels, more things that people will pay more for, like advertising and like paid ads and funnel creation and email marketing, you know, helping people run their retargeting ads, you know, cause most people are just sloppy with that. So like, these are all things that you can help with. And then you can move into stuff that I'm moving into now. Uh, which is more a consultant role where you just come in, get paid a big fee, and then get the fuck out because you don't want to deal with that shit. That's kind of what I love about social media marketing is that you're also just respected, and being respected is a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie, right? You're just respected. And seeing, for example, yesterday, like I was talking to the owners after, um, you know, after the workshop ended, he's just like, literally, this changes everything for me. This literally changes everything for me. And you know, that's an amazing feel when you, when you can literally see in someone's eyes how their business has just been completely reformed and changed. I would love to get, now, I know you're talking about this. Your potential client. Uh, just came in as a new uh, potential client. Well, I say potential, but pretty much the, the entire call was like, it, it, was, it was a great call, so probably 90% chance. Uh, we just have to have a meeting, close everything up, um, and uh, yeah, we'll kind of move from there, so. In the last 45 days, I have doubled my retainers from my agency. So this month we'll hit around 50, 55K. Now, obviously you guys follow me on Instagram. You'd know that two days ago at the time of recording this, I actually signed a 4,000 pound a month client and a 7,800 pound a month client. So that is, what's that? Like 11,000, he also laughs at my math, 11,800 pounds, which is like 15, $16,000, right? In one day. 
uh, and it was back-to-back meetings as well. So as I said, in the last 45 days, I've really just doubled my agency um, retainers and I did that all without a website. Actually extending my trip, I have a two-day training uh, with a company out here called Motivate Design. So if you guys don't already know, uh, for a two-day training, I charge $20,000. I charge 15,000 pounds, which is equivalent to like 19 and a half thousand dollars, something like that. Yeah. So that's another thing that like really kills me is like, I always tell people like, don't do packages. Yes. Don't do packages. And also your pricing should be different per client. Like, yeah. so I, I don't know if that would client work. Client type for, or client? C- client type. Yeah. Agreed. Client type. I don't, I don't know if that will work for your industry, but at least in my yeah, space, I know how much it's worth. And I also know how much work that goes in. So depending on that. Um, I'll charge a different price and also it's like if you go to a doctor right if you go to a doctor and they're just like take this medicine and you're like I haven't told you what my issue <laughs> right, is yet. Right. and they're like yeah just you just be like this person's just out to like scam me scam me or like yeah. misinform me or just like take my money and they just don't get, or if you go to like a pharmacy or something they're just like take this medicine and you're like I haven't told you what's wrong they just want your money so I'm onboarding a client called Oring. Uh, we've been in talks for like two months now, so it's like this little piece of tech right here. Uh, it's pretty dope. <laughs> this thing's, I think this thing's like titanium or something like that. But anyways, I'm onboarding them as you can see. And uh, if you take a look at my screen, like onboarding them uh, yesterday or like a few days ago, uh, Prince Harry actually got spotted like wearing it. Um, and ever since then, like sales have been just freaking like blowing up and, and website traffic as well. This has given us like a crap ton of uh, website traffic so uh, yeah that's the company or ring right there I mean they're a client of mine but I can genuinely recommend it after having this for like a month now so uh, the thing that I want you to get from this entire story is you know I never made any excuses for my age or you know being in school or you know not having you know not having rich parents or like I, you know I bootstrapped this entire fucking thing and that's everything I've done up until this point everything I've done has been without zero investment without zero fucking guidance with you know every single excuse that most people give I went ahead and I did it so 2018 was a very transformative year for my agency I finally locked in a niche and I signed my first ever five-figure a month client and not only was it my first ever five-figure month client it was also a client that I was actually a customer of which was like a very cool experience for me it was a client called Oura Ring which is like this sleep wearable and yeah it was just cool I was like this is crazy. Like I'm a customer and now they're client of my agency. Like, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was really cool for me. And I also hired my first full-time or I guess proper full-time employee who uh, still works with me to this day. And 2018 was really the first year where I kind of stepped out of that feeling of imposter syndrome that I had from 2016 and 2017. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm actually really worth the money that my clients are paying me. And 2018 was also an amazing year just because I was able to travel a bit more. I was able to you know, buy my first ever Rolex at the age of 18. It's like, oh, you know, like I'm I'm fine. I, I, I think I'm going to be fine. Like I'm definitely not a multimillionaire yet, but you know, I think I'm going to have a very, a very good career. So 2018 was a great year, but I still felt like I could top it in 2019. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, for the next two months in Bali, it's just going to try and be as efficient as possible. Work-wise, uh, I came into Bali kind of knowing that, uh, or at least in terms of my business and I guess other areas of my life, this is going to be more of like a maintenance phase rather than a time when I'm really trying to scale and grow. Um, that said, for those of you guys who are in the six-figure SMA community, um, I think I mentioned in one of the, the live Q&A calls, uh, the last like six months, I've been doing stuff that hasn't been really revenue generating. Uh, if I look at around April, May, 
June, I was focusing very, very heavily on my agency, training up my employee, and really focusing on scaling that, which I did. All I can really say is get client focused, get operation focused, and get sales focused. You know, really that's the thing that's gonna separate you from the rest of your competition. The key metric shouldn't be a cost, you know, the cost per click, it should be like, the cost per conversion or the total return on ad spend. So if you can just figure out a couple things operationally in your agency, you can just learn some sales. If you can just learn those things and you can have a better service than the agency next to you, you're gonna win. I fell in love with, fell in love with Iceland so much that this time I'm doing a little company trip out there. So right now I'm actually sat in the lounge with Kieran, just uh, having some food before we board the flight. Danny is uh, picking up some shoes. Hi, right, G-Media. Come on, buddy. Stick it on there. So, table with me? Yes, please. Yes. Oh, See, Danny, they how many leads did we get for how much? We've got in 760 leads at three pounds and a half each, which, which is pretty great. Also, 759 leads at three pound 55 in just, this client is just UK market. And now we are down because Facebook doesn't like us at all. <laughs> well, Facebook doesn't like anyone to be honest. That's one of the unfortunate aspects of advertising with Facebook. Uh, we run ads to 70-80% of our clients are in the info product space. You will check the validity of those contractors. Um, so I'll throw you and Danny into WhatsApp group together. Uh, he'll check those case studies and let you know whether you should move forward and bring that uh, bring that media buyer on board. He came to London because I was I did a two-day webinar build for him, and um, I did a two-day webinar build for him, and we had just made him sixty-five thousand, I think, or sixty-five, or was it fifty-six? Right in your position, I think it's awesome that you're doing mainly retainer plus percentage of ROAS. Uh, it's a little more risky. Uh, but it also the rewards are a lot higher. I wish I'd done that with a lot of our clients looking back now uh, But as I said the reason that I only started doing it in the past three four months was because I just I wanted to keep things so operationally sound and simple and just um, And just organized and predictable and that's what obviously the retainer gave me was just predictable monthly cash flow so 2019, I really went from strength to strength with my agency and I was signing five figure a month retainers. I mean, left, right and center. I felt on top of the world. I was signing massive deals. I was starting to spend, you know, a decent more money. You know, I was buying uh, all the luxury watches that I always dreamed of buying. You know, the Pateks, the APs, you name it. Everything was going well, but I really started to realize at that point that my retention at the agency, you know, how long we were keeping clients wasn't necessarily where I wanted it. Basically, what I realized was there's a direct conflict between how much you charge and how long you can keep the client. I realized there's actually a sweet spot where you can charge the client less, which doesn't sound like it's a good thing, but you actually keep them for substantially longer. And I basically realized like, hey, in 2020, I should focus instead on what is the lifetime value of this client to me, you know, rather than just what's the monthly value, because it's much better to have a client that pays two and a half thousand dollars a month and you keep them for 10 months rather than a client that pays $5,000 a month and you only keep them for three months. So with that lesson in mind, I basically realized I need to become a little bit more wise as an agency owner. And that was really my goal going into 2020. So exactly as I said, um, very weird. They wanted to like look over the contract and stuff, which is... That's the problem with dealing with multiple businesses. Which is, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, to be honest, like literally we've had clients sign 15,000 pound a month retainers and like not request to look at the contract because it's like 
I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's something that's legitimately never come up because um, obviously they pay, and then after that they get the onboarding link and then the onboarding funnel, and then part of that is they sign a contract using HelloSign. But once again, you can use I think Panda Doc or Panda Sign. You know, one of, one of these electronic contract softwares. Um, so yeah, the, it was weird. Uh, part of me was like, uh, it, th that's why I said like, you know there's that chance that they don't close. So I thought the closing maybe like, oh, maybe the business partner like really was against it, but the part, uh, business partner said he's super enthusiastic about it. Um, but yeah, you know, some, that, that's kind of the annoying thing about having multiple people involved. Um, but I got a call with them at 4.15 Cape Town time tomorrow, and that will lock it in, uh, hopefully. And if they don't lock in, then obviously, you know, I'll know that they're not being serious. Um, so everything so far, kind of like the, the stalls, because usually for me, it's a one call close, you know, to get to the second sort of follow up 15 minute call and then now a third call, that rarely ever happens for me. But, you know, everything has been valid so far and it stems from the fact that there's not one person in charge, not two, but three. Uh, so I'll call with them 4.15 tomorrow. And I also got another very, very promising call tomorrow at 7.15. Uh, and that is with this really, really cool software company that I'd be very, very happy if I managed to close because yeah, I just, I just think they're super dope. But anyways, there you go. There's the real life of being an agency owner, which is you don't always get the outcome that you want, but hopefully tomorrow I can lock it in, even though it took longer than I normally like. All right, so it is one day since I picked up the camera and the situation is literally exactly the same. Uh, we basically haven't moved because to be honest, you know, after that last clip, uh, worked for three, four more hours, was in bed by 9.30, and just been working all day since. So, nothing really that eventful, but now I have the follow-up call to yesterday's follow-up call. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. All right, so as it stands, they are seven minutes late. So, just went ahead and followed up. So, I'll stay on the call maybe seven, eight more minutes and then wrap it up there. All right, so it's been 15 minutes, gonna end it up there. Um, yeah, not entirely sure what happened, I'm sure. There is a viable reason. Uh, obviously, like, a client's never just not gonna show up and not tell you, um, or at least at this stage of the sales process. Uh, so I'm sure there must be a, a very viable reason, but obviously this, once again, is just another sign, in my opinion, that the client is less likely to actually come on board. So from their side, it's looking less likely. And then obviously from my side, it leaves, I'm at a point in my agency where unless it's a hundred percent match, I don't take clients on. And this is almost leaving a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth where I'm even starting to reassess, is this client worth taking on? Are they going to be those sorts of clients where they ask too many questions and they'll just let us do our thing and get the results? But yeah. Anyway, so that's that. I got another call in two hours and 45 minutes. Another sales call, so hopefully with that, we can return to good old E-Man and just one call close. Yeah, he, he's, he's my little Colombian secret. Get the logistics set up, um, take yeah. payment, and then might as well, because we're here, we might as well just uh, onboard you guys as well and get access to everything, etc., etc. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, um, this should be a good lesson for each and every one of you. Don't talk with chewing gum in your mouth, that's the lesson, no. So um, I'll lace in little pieces of the uh, sales call. Agreed on it, it's a 10,000, and by the way, this is very different from what we normally do. It's a 10,000 pound setup fee within that. We're, we're helping build out their new case study funnel. 
Outside of that, it's a 30% return on ad spend. We worked with a client within their niche for what, like almost almost a year? And we averaged out between 35 and 45,000 a month return on ad spend. So with this client, we have a 30% return on ad spend, just performance fee. Yes, we have that 10K setup, but that's primarily to help just write some of their backend emails for this case study funnel, set it all up, et cetera, et cetera. Really our money is made from that 30% performance fee. Now, obviously, if we extrapolate the fact that we did around 35 to 45,000 a month for their competitor prior to them then bringing it in house, I mean, at 45,000, if we're getting roughly a third, that's 15,000 a month in billables. That said, I feel as though with this, we'll probably be clocking in anywhere from 15 to 25,000 a month return on ad spend. Keep in mind this is an info product business, so that's like pure profit and a month. So, obviously, the 12, 13,000 dollars upfront, the 10,000 pounds. It's great, that's awesome, my team will take care of it. But the thing that I salivate over a little more is that 30% return on ad spend. As I said, this is an entirely brand new course, so there's nothing to go off of just based off of my gut instinct, the fact that we were able to produce a set between 35 and 45, a return on ad spend with majority of that coming in from cold. My gut instinct with this client is we'll probably be doing around 20,000 a month on average over a six month slope. So 30% of that, I think this client will be worth around 6,000 pounds a month to us. Another quick thing is um, at the end of the call they actually want to have a follow-up call next Tuesday and it was one of those situations guys you you know me you know I go for the one call close and you know when some like this client was excited to move forward like they were sold for me I get a little aggravated because I'm like you know why in my mind it's like why wait like you know let's get started now let's get the ship moving and as I've matured as an agency owner I've had to uh, you know look subjectively and remove my ego from a situation and also apart from removing my ego I also knew that I was filming this video today and it, I'm not gonna lie that played into it like I really want to show you guys a uh, <laughs> the stripe notification hitting and this and that and that was at the back of my mind which is why like guys I'm, I'm doing a vlog but but in general I don't like to vlog my day to day because I there's certain things I find myself doing or more pressure I I put on myself like I think you guys have seen me when I was meant to close a 5200 or is it was either 52 or 5500 pound a month client and I didn't end up closing them and it's just like I don't know I feel as though I might potentially act differently or I may be or I may not think as long term in terms of the sales cycle when I'm doing a vlog with you guys but anyways long story short is they want to actually process payment and just have a little little last look at their finances before making that 10k upfront payment and as i said i had to look at it from a macro view and go look either i can keep pushing but i'm not going to achieve that goal of them paying so, so there's no upside there's only downside by the fact that the client may be like mentally they might be going first of all are, are you concerned that we're not gonna like you know there's a different uh, balance a shift of balance and power play there so i just kind of let off and uh but still booked in that 20 minute follow-up call on tuesday and quite clearly it turned out to be the right thing because somewhere around 20, 30 minutes after our meeting, I got this email that I'll put in right now and blur any sense of information, but they literally went ahead and said, look, we're excited to move forward. Can we just pay you 5K today and 5K next week? You don't even need to start any of the work for the funnel. We, we just wanna do this to show you that we're serious. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. So I don't know why I didn't get the notification on my Stripe, but nonetheless, I can still, I can still show you uh, via email. Should never work. This never work. This never work. Yeah, but I, it's the thing of like, people are like, no, you Photoshop me. Okay, no, how about I just cover this in the, okay, if I cover, rates is a different thing as there. Well, either way, I'm still gonna throw in a, a screenshot on top of that. Plus you guys got the email thread, just in case anyone's like, <laughs> 
Anyways, um, guys, so secured 5K today, billing them the rest of 5K next week. That also means that Kieran and Danny can get started on the emails as well as the funnel. Coming from a webinar funnel background, that's the primarily what we do for our clients. This case study funnel is more agile, it's more lean, it's a hell of a lot easier to set up, but funnily enough, it's gonna get the client much better results in this specific scenario. So yeah, it is Friday night, close another client. As I said, 10,000 upfront. I think the overall value of them as an agency to me monthly in our commissions will be around 6,000 pounds a month. All right, amazing. Is there anything else that uh, you need from us? No, I think um, everything is clear. So. Awesome. I, uh, yeah, all I can say is uh, it's an honor to have you a part of the, the agency and I uh, really look forward to what we're gonna be able to do together. Yeah, me too. Awesome. See you Monday. Just I I felt I felt smooth. I felt smooth that sales call. I know what it is. What? It, it's it's the first one that is as early as this one, and you have a very different like energy resemblance everything. It's we need to set them up all, all in the morning. Yeah, I agree. In the mornings, um, you're you're kind of even. I'm excited. I'm excited. Lots of new clients, lots of, of good clients. Three new clients in 24 hours. Let's get it. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very happy. Three closes in 24 hours. I got another sales call in an hour. Um, that one won't be. I do. Do you want to see them actually? Boom. Three out of three, baby. Ah. How you feeling, Karen? Absolutely dead. It's just physically exhausting. I just want to go home and sleep. <laughs> Alright, you want to fill him in on what's happening? With? What were the discussions about? Oh, the Bentley. Yeah. The company Bentley. I'm trying to convince Iman to get us a company Bentley more time. Makes sense. £47,000 used. What? Absolute. Why don't you just say we're getting one and then he, then the audience so, will be like, oh, it's so sick. And then he'll feel forced Iman's into getting it. Iman's just told us that we're going to get a company Bentley, brand new top of the range. I get to use it most of the time, but occasionally and my mortgage chauffeur in it. Yeah. It makes perfect Yeah, we're gonna shoot a, we're, we're actually shooting a YouTube series in it. It's called Bumming a Bentley. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Oh, off to the company fiesta. <laughs> you, you actually know it makes sense though. As a statement. What do you mean as a statement? Like to have a company Bentley? Yeah, and well, I'm gonna drive myself in a Bentley. You, why wouldn't you drive it? A Bentley? Yeah. A Mulsanne. Mulsanne, yeah. I don't know. Who, however the hell you pronounce it, I'm not going to drive myself in a Bentley. Why? So, this is a deal that I signed on Friday, or thir Friday, I think. And this deal is £2,500 a month plus, and it's the first sort of deal that I've done of this kind. It is basically, we take 15% on anything above 1.9x ROAS. This is hands down a certified whale. I think a whale in pounds wise around 7,000 pounds. So it's 2,500 base. So that means that our performance fee has to be what, like 4,500 pounds. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. Our performance fee will, will never be less than uh, 4,500 pounds. In this instance, as I said, I think in the first month, it will be probably closer to like nine or 10 grand in terms of performance fee. So this is a certified whale. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good rate. Just reach out to the prospect and if they're not qualifying, who cares? You have more reference experiences under your belt. In fact, 14 minutes from now, I have a sales call that is only doing 10 to 25K a month, which for our agency is, um, you know, 
that doesn't really qualify. It's an info product business. Uh, for us, we're looking at clients to do at least 25K a month to be qualified. But for me, the way that I look at it is, look, 45 minutes, if they don't become a client, whatever, like it doesn't matter. But that 45 minutes, that gives me reference experiences. 2020 was the best year yet. And I was extremely proud of myself and my team at the agency because we actually signed way more clients in 2019. We charged them less, but we kept them for way longer and in turn made a lot more money as an agency. I really realized there was a massive benefit in actually having lower set retainers, but having longer minimum terms. So we were signing clients on five or six month minimums at the agency. And the big change that we also started doing was we started charging performance deals. So we would have much lower base retainers, but because of our performance that we were delivering for our clients, you know, we were still billing way more than five figures a month with a lot of our clients simply because of our performance performance fees. And in 2020, I also hired another senior employee. We did a full rebrand on the website, the brand, the logo, uh, you know, the reporting really just gave the entire business a massive facelift. And finally, right at the end of 2020, I ended up making a massive decision. Basically, I looked at my agency business bank account and there was $1.5 million sitting there. And I looked at it and I was like, this money is not doing anything for me. It's not, it's not being put to work. And I realized what's the point of having such a profitable business if I'm not investing any of that money. So right at the end of 2020, I took $1 million from that bank account and I invested it into the two asset classes that I was most interested in back then, which was putting 70 to 80% of it into crypto and the remaining into watches. Well, that turned out to be a very good decision. One thing that people always say when they come into my house and my office is, God damn, it smells nice in here. So coming through here, uh, we just have some storage through here. And then, as you saw, there was one door there. And then we actually have a sliding door right here. So I close this. I come upstairs. You can see there's actually a little glass pane. So you can see down through the door. I come. I close this. There we go. Close this. And when this door shuts, it's time for business. So for me to get air conditioning in London, in this area, is such a big benefit. And, and even in the winter, I will literally have the air calm blasting at 16 degrees Celsius while I'm working. That's just kind of my style. See right here, this thing comes up. My chair, now I have the Herman Miller Aeron chair. It's a bit pricey, I think it's around a grand, but worth every single penny when you're working as much as I am. So when I bring the desk up, Right, so this is my call height, number three. Number two, this is like my standing desk height when I'm actually typing and doing work. And then obviously number one is when I'm sitting. So this, what this actually does, it's got little like, um, it's got little like bumps in it. So it's meant to mimic like the forest floor if you're wa uh, walking uh, barefoot on the forest floor. Okay. It's just nice to like kind of massage your feet while you're standing up and, and getting some work done. Next thing that I learned in 2020, or at least I had a lot more appreciation for, um, is depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. You know, because it really can happen to anyone. And I kind of had one of those dark night of the soul moments uh, in 2020. So for some context, you know, before July or before July-ish, August-ish uh, of 2020, I had never experienced anxiety in my life, um, had never experienced depression in my life, um, su you know, suicidal thoughts, this, that. Uh, Maybe a little bit uh, when I was younger, you know, actually in all fairness, uh, here and there when I was younger, uh, you know, I went through a pretty traumatic uh, upbringing, uh, just saw some not very nice things. Um, so I guess that was that. But in my teenage years and, and you know, uh, more recent years, um, never really experienced those things. Uh, and July just came out of nowhere. Um, 
you know, I remember this is maybe mid July and I was, I was in Manchester for a couple months boxing. Um, and, and I came back to London for a weekend and, you know, just had hung out with some friends, you know, went for dinner, had some balls of wine, you know, there was probably 10 of us, a couple of my guy friends and I had some cigars, went to a party, this, that, uh, I ended up getting home pretty late, uh, probably like 5.30. I remember I woke up at like 9.30, got in my shower, turned on the shower, laid crisscross applesauce on the floor and just started weeping. And it was a very, you know, at that time I was very confused because I, I didn't know why, but I was just really, really sad. And what that started was a six week bout of just really, really intense anxiety, um, depression and, and suicidal thoughts. Like I remember I would wake up and my, you know, my heart would just be pounding. And um, obviously the first thing that I would do when that would happen is I would go and, you know, I was in Manchester and, uh, you know, drove up and, and brought my juve, which is like a red light therapy thing. I would sit in front of my juve and just meditate for 15 minutes because, because, you know, I thought that if my, you know, my heart rate is up and I'm feeling anxious, just I can meditate this away. It's no issues. You know, I've been meditating for seven years. I, I can meditate this away. Wouldn't go away. And it got to a point where after that crisscross applesauce event, um, you know, it kind of just things deteriorated for two to three weeks to the point where, I mean, I was in the midst of a full blown mental breakdown. And I remember from the moment in which I woke up, it was, it was, it was crazy. The craziest experience I've ever had from the moment I woke up to probably four or 5 PM. The only way I can describe it is almost like being possessed by some demon, um, or that something else was like some other life force was inside of me or just like, or almost like, I guess what it feels like to be bipolar, where it's like, it's two different people. Um, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., the only thing was on my mind for a solid like three weeks, two, three weeks was how I was going to kill myself. And by the time that 4 or 5 p.m. rolled around, I was totally fine. I was happy. I was smiling. And but on another note, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., I probably would cry four or five times. And, you know, I'm smiling now because it's just like it's so wild to think about it. But it was such a painful, it was such a such a, such a painful, um, you know, uh, period of my life. And, you know, from that point, once again, I was that time unintentionally celibate for three months because I was dealing with so much personally that I couldn't share my energy with anyone else, uh, even if it was just for a night. I, you know, I was just, the idea of that was just the last thing on my mind. I just wanted to protect my own energy and just do a lot of healing. So, you know, I think that a lot of people are really scared to be uh, just alone with themselves um, and you shouldn't be. I think you need to really look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I... Have I done a lot of the work? Have I done a lot of the healing work? And am I ready to share my energy uh, with someone else? At the end of the day, I'm 21. And there's there's so much left. Actually, I will say one of the clients last month, uh, we weren't spending, we were probably spending like an average of like, actually, let me just look it up. I remember Danny, uh, who's my CMO mentioned it was, uh, I remember Danny, who's my CMO mentioned it was like 2.4 million crown or something like that. Uh, a Swedish crown, Swedish kroner. Yeah, so we spent 207 cases so a pound, so that is so that's right around like 280 thousand dollars. So yeah, almost like 10 thousand dollars a day. But anyways, long story short, um, the issue is once you start spending this sort of money for clients, um, there's a lot of load balancing that needs to happen. So with a lot of these clients, we've got like not one account, with one specific client, we've got 10 ad accounts. And as I said, with large with some of these larger budget uh, accounts, 
you know, we're load balancing between anywhere from like three to, as I said, with that one client, 10 accounts. So that was really the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, you know, I knew that we needed to hire a new performance marketer back in like early January. Um, and we were kind of fine until like early February. It is now, uh, I don't want to look at my watch, there's no date function. It's now mid March. And yeah, it's evidently clear we really needed a new performance marketer like six weeks ago. And it's funny because when we started getting a breaking point, that's when like, obviously more fuel was added to the fire and we just got like these sort of three behemoth clients. So, um, so yeah, we're right around 20 clients at the moment with the agency handling it incredibly well, still maintaining the incredible standards we have at the agency, but Danny, Luis, Kieran, like my team is, they're, they're done. Like they're, they're so burnt out. Um, so as a leader, I should have really made this more of a priority. Um, they're charging us 10%. So 10% of whatever they spend in a month, um, is, is their fee. 10% ad spend. Yeah. Okay. Um, I assume you're a bit more pricey than that. No, 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 no. These guys are fleecing you. Oh, are they? No. Here, here's the thing. So, you know, I have, um, so a little bit about me, obviously I have my advertising agency, but I also uh, run an education company uh, called Great Agency. So yeah. we, you know, we're, you know, we're literally uh, the people that, uh, you know, we're the experts that all the, you know, agencies in the world come to learn from. And, you know, uh, one of the, yeah, our, our, one of our favorite things is, is to make fun of agencies that charge a percentage of ad spend. Cause it, it yeah. here, here's the issue, right? If, if an agency ever charges you a percentage of ad spend or percentage of revenue, just leave the meeting because here's the issue okay our incentives need to be aligned i don't care how much money i make i don't care what the outcome of this year is if i don't speak up about stuff that i know is wrong to me i consider this year a failure and i can't look myself in the mirror with pride about what happened in 2020 and 2021 and you know um i've said this before and i'm sorry if this is a little insensitive i have never made more money than in 2020 and 2021 like i'm i'm making obnoxious amounts of money it has been so freaking good for my business because you know everyone's talking about like the new normal and stuff like that guys i was running remote zoom meetings with my clients for three years i've been running my agency remote for three years nothing has changed in my life so i'm a unicorn business in a unicorn industry so yeah things are going pretty well and then before there were other people were like oh poor e-man he can't travel <laughs> does it look like i'm someone who follows the rules does it look like i'm someone who who if they're told you're not allowed to travel isn't going to find a workaround let me tell you something all of these lockdowns and stuff they don't apply to people with money Maybe this is why I get so angry, you know, coming from a single mother household, coming from a household where at some point we were on government benefits, where my mom actually worked for the NHS minimum wage and she has friends there and she asks them, hey, how's it going? And they're going empty. Cause that's the truth. You can walk past a hospital and you can see clear as day. Anyways, as you can tell, I get a little heated about this. And this is what my friends say. They're like, hey man, you know, just stop talking about it. You know, you, by the way, as well as my businesses are doing right now, I know for a fact, because there are people who have sent me DMs, messages, that because of my honesty about one of the greatest frauds in history, have unfollowed me, have unsubscribed, have said literally I will never work with, I've even had people tell me, you know, I'm a business owner. And the way that you've talked about this whole thing, I just can never work with your agency and I never will work with your agency. I've had clients at the agency be like, Iman, I would love to give you referrals, but unfortunately, like, the way that you voice your opinions, I don't think some of the clients would feel comfortable if I introduce you to them. But I couldn't care less because I think if you sell your soul to the devil and you stay quiet about things that actually matter, cool, have as much money as you want. You will feel empty inside. This is an example right now of a two call close. Now this first call was actually a initial call that I had and I had just been traveling for like 30, 
why I had been traveling for 36 hours. I've been away from my desk for like 36 to 48 hours. I was traveling back earlier in the year from Cape Town to London and, you know, hadn't seen my girl for uh, seven weeks. So, you know, took a day off. Um, So I even tell this client, look, to be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch over the demo call. So this initial call is basically me stalling and just getting some preliminary information and then kicking the, the can down the road. Uh, basically penciling in that second follow-up call so this call was actually before the call you saw before this and the one before that like uh, chronologically uh in terms of when i had it in the year uh so at this point i didn't know about the whole like uh it's not that i didn't know it's just i never thought to use that whole put in waiting room feature i think going forward now a lot of the two call closes that i've had have just been because i've wanted to stall and basically like have some time to think about this and that but now with the waiting room feature in a lot of senses you know <laughs> i basically never have to do that i can just you know uh put them in the waiting room speak with uh danny for a few minutes and then uh, kind of uh, reconvene now the third habit that made me a multimillionaire by 21 is building an abundance mindset because the thing is most people haven't prepared their vessel as in yourself for the blessings that are going to come their way or could come their way because here's the issue you may have your foot on the gas but you also have your foot on the brake at the same time you are your biggest enemy. And the, and the issue is that most of the time, this isn't even conscious to you. And this is really where, going back to habit number one, the books help a lot. Because, you know, if you look in movies, uh, you know, wealthy people are made out to be evil. <laughs> you know, uh, wealthy people look like they've uh, stepped on other people's heads to get to where they need to be. And, you know, sometimes this is the case, right? Also, I, the other thing I find is it depends industry to industry. But for the most part, Right. And I've also find that sometimes this can be the case with old money, you know, where it's passed down money like they haven't earned it themselves. But honestly, pretty much everyone I've met who has made their own money, right, who is self-made, they understand that money is simply a transfer of value. Right. That's that's what money is. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, you've developed a product or a service. And the thing is, in order to build a successful business, you have to provide value to the market. So that's just a little side tangent, really just to say that most of the conditioning that you're given, maybe even in college or school or by your friends, is that you know rich people are evil or uh, you know they have to uh, sacrifice their ethics to get there. That's not the case. I, I found personally with self-made entrepreneurs. It is technically a four bedroom, but here in Dubai, they call it three bed plus maid's room, but there's a bed in it, so, and an ensuite. So that's a bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. We'll call it four bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. Second, I do not own this place. I'm 21 years old. I own zero property, but I have an investment portfolio of $10 million, and right now property just doesn't fit into it. Very soon, it will do. But I'll be 35 and still not own the place that I live in. At this stage of my life, it's more important to be mobile and always remember, as Big Papa Robert Kiyosaki very famously said, if you live in your house, it is no longer an asset, it is a liability, no inflow, merely outflow. So for the time being, I rent. Now, you might be wondering how much do I spend on this place? Well, I got this place for 600,000 AED, which comes out to, I think around $180,000. I know it's like 10,000 pounds a month, so like 14-ish thousand dollars a month. 
That said, that was in Dubai summer and prices are always climbing. So if you try to get this unit now, I think it'll probably cost you closer to sixteen dollars to $18,000. Yes, Dubai prices really do move that quick. And then obviously, and then as I said, I negotiated this place in the summer and now it's winter, no more people coming here. Either way, let me give you a little tour. So this is the living room. Now, in the building that I am at, I'm on the service apartment side. So for the service apartment side, you actually pay, I think something close to $20,000 a year extra. Uh, obviously that kind of just gets tacked on to my rent. Uh, on the service apartment side, it is literally like living in a hotel. You have access to all the hotel amenities. So 24 hour gym, uh, steam room, sauna, highest infinity pool on earth, a beach, obviously everything kind of comes included. So like when you go to the beach, they give you water, towel, like it's, it, basically I live in a hotel. Lesson number five from 2021 is you only have so much bandwidth. And this is referring to business, people, hobbies, activities, whatever it is that you want. Imagine what you can accomplish. And damn, I hate to, I think it was Bill Gates, Bill Gates, Bill Gates that said this quote. And it actually makes me want to throw up in my mouth having to quote Bill Gates. Um, but it is true, you know, uh, most people do overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in 10. And you need to understand that whatever your aspirations and goals are for uh, 2022, you probably, the actual goals I'm sure you can accomplish, but you'll probably be able to, like actually things that you're able to do, probably accomplish a lot less than you thought, right? Uh, and you're probably, the main key here is you're probably gonna have way less bandwidth than you actually imagine. And that's something that I've started to realize as I am now at a point where I have four companies, I have an investment portfolio that I need to manage uh, and, and have grown very successfully. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while, I don't, it doesn't take over my life too much, but, you know, I still do need to keep track and I make a couple of strategic moves and trades and uh, things with my investment portfolio that have, you know, worked out very, very well. So between all that, and then also, especially recently in the last sort of second half of the year, having to manage, once again, a very active social life and this and that, um, I just realized I just have way less bandwidth than I would have wanted. And um, going into 2022, I just think uh, both from a business perspective, I'm going to be taking on way less, even though I've been so good at saying no to everything so far. And the things that I've said yes to, the businesses and opportunities I've said yes to, it makes sense that I did it. And like they're, they were just so blatant. They were just like, they were just really just opportunities that just made so much sense that I couldn't pass them up, but it's still a lot on my plate. So going into 2022, I guess it's just um, for me, just being a little bit more honest that like I really can't do everything to 100% if I bite off more. So look, 2021 was a crazy year in many, many ways. The agency hit its record month in April of 2021. We expanded the team further. And the best part is all of that was happening while I was only spending five to 10 hours a week on the agency because Danny, who's my CMO at the agency, he was just amazing. You know, you know, we, we had been working together for three, almost four years at that point. We had great synergy and um, yeah, he basically just ran the show. A big life event happened for me. I actually moved from London to Dubai and obviously that had some very, very, very good tax implications for me. And lastly, between the agency profits as well as the gains that I actually locked in from the increase in my investment portfolio, I made $9 million in 2021 between those two. And 2021 really made me look at the business and realize what is the purpose of this thing? You know, what is the purpose of this agency? What's the real benefit that I get from it? And I realized that the main benefit is an agency is such an amazing cash flow business. So you have to take these profits from it and then actually go ahead and take that 
and make a commitment to making contributions every single month to your investment portfolio. So I would actually take $100,000 every single month from my agency and I'd use that. And by the way, I still do that to this day. And I put that into my investment portfolio directly. When you have cash flow, you invest it and then you let the compounding nature of time do its trick. And when you follow this method, you are able to attain riches beyond your wildest imagination. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to make this video because I still get so many DMs and messages from people going, I cannot believe you still have videos up on your YouTube channel from 2015. And by the way, I didn't even show you the 2015 clips here today. You know, I have clips of me going to Brixton Bookmongers, which was my favorite secondhand used bookstore in London because I couldn't afford to buy the brand new books from Waterstone. So I would go and get them used at, at Brixton Bookmongers instead. You know, in this video, you guys were able to see me basically dreaming about being able to afford Ubers, just basic Ubers rather than having to take the bus everywhere with my friends. And I know that some of you may be new to the channel and, you know, you're thinking that I'm just another expert, you know, who one day decided that, you know, he, he knew enough about business to create some YouTube videos and share his opinion and stuff like that. No, like I'm just a regular dude. And I'm just trying to share the things that I've learned over the past six years in the world of business. I built this house brick by brick over the space of the last half a decade and I'm still building to this day. In fact, next month is actually the six year anniversary of me starting my agency back in 2016. It has been a crazy journey and it's just the beginning. So to end off this video, I wanna thank my mom. And yes, my mom does actually still watch every single one of my YouTube videos. So mom, I know you're watching this. I wanna thank my incredible team at my agency. I wanna thank all of you guys, especially the ones who have literally been watching my YouTube videos from 2015, 2016, 2017, which by the way, I don't know why you were watching back then. Like I had the most boring YouTube channel on earth. And of course, lastly, I wanna thank the grace of God for turning what felt like a horror story the first 15 years of my life into quite frankly, a fairy tale. If you ever, 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 ever doubt yourself, I want you to save this video to your YouTube and keep coming back to it. Like I said at the beginning of this video, you are me, I am you, we are no different. And with enough time, you will come to realize that too. Your destiny is there for the taking. And I want you to know that I am your number one silent supporter. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an incredible ride. I'll see you in the next video.